welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, JT, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. Welcome, brother man, Podcast 1.3. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing a lot better than, uh, you know, the NFL referees today. But, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. A couple of times this weekend, I wondered if we were living in either like a simulation type of deal or if it was like a WWE type of thing, but... You know, beyond that, doing okay. How you doing? I'm doing good, my man. I'm doing good. Ready to uh, talk about some football. Um, I'm super excited because I finally, finally got my first uh, fancy football win. I was, uh, I was, I was solid 0 and 4. I thought I was gonna be 0 and 5, but then Devonta Adams came through in the clutch last night for me. Um, I ended up getting my first win. So the rise and the ascent from the bottom of the league to the top of the league has started. I've already moved there you from, go. from spot 10 to spot 8. So we're making progress, baby. We're making progress. Look at look at that. <laughs> How about you? You have any luck in uh, fantasy and uh, betting over the weekend? Oh, God. Betting was, eh, it was okay. I did a little bit. I did better in the NFL, actually. College was kind of hit or miss, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because I had a parlay going, just like money line sprinkles for long shots that didn't pan out. But like, oh, oh, wow. oh. Sorry about that. Apparently, audio came in through my headphones, uh, having some notes up. Um, but, anywho, so no, betting wise, uh, the NFL was a little bit better. I went 2 1 and 1 this weekend, the push being the Minnesota Vikings uh, uh, Bears game. You know, thank God for St. Uh, uh, Kirby Cousins coming through clutch. Uh, you know, they were down. Down five, I believe, and then they scored a touchdown, uh, and it was uh, it was going to end without the uh, the Vikings covering the seven point spread, but they went for two, and they uh, they ended up getting a push. So thank God for uh, for Kirk Cousins uh, coming through clutch. But you know, betting wise, it was okay. College was a little rough, but Kansas Kansas came through clutch always. Well, as you speaking of which, I don't know if you saw us before we jumped on. Uh, looks like that report of the Kansas quarterback being out for the year was inaccurate. Um, he retweeted saying, that's news to me. And then Joel Cloud, who's obviously like the lead NFL guy, uh, the lead college football guy for Fox, also chimed in saying that that report was inaccurate. Oh, sweet. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe he won't be out the whole year. Maybe Thank okay. God. Okay. Yeah, because that kid was having a hell of a year and, you know, potentially, I mean, obviously still down the road, but his NFL future depends on him playing really well, right? Right, for sure. All right, let's talk about some uh, some week six. Are we at week six already? Wow. Yeah, believe week, it or not, we're at week six. Week six of the NFL season is here. Let's talk about my New England Patriots at two and three, taking on the Cleveland Browns at two and three. Uh, the Patriots are coming off of a beatdown of the Detroit Lions, and uh, the Browns are coming off of a loss to the Chargers in a last-second field goal win for the Chargers. But before we even get to all this, and, and I don't believe in institutional losing Puma. I don't believe that notion of, hey, man, like, that's just the Lions. That's just the Jets. They always lose. But what I saw out of the Lions on Sunday makes you wonder why the hell this team can't play any better. You feel me? Like, they come in with one of the best offenses um, and they absolutely completely crapped down their leg. Jared Goff had a hell of a hell of a time out there. Um, but the main point, the reason we we're talking about this game is, you know, the Patriots and the Browns, the one storyline coming out of the Patriots camp, and uh, you know me, Puma, I'm really, really big on uh, Bailey Zappi. 
uh, Zappy Fever, as one may call it, uh, a.k.a. Zappy Hour, uh, a.k.a. Brady Zappy, whatever you want to call him. The man, the, the kid, is the starting quarterback for uh, for the Patriots right now as Mac Jones is uh, is recovering from a high ankle sprain. Um, so, Puma, with that being said, right off the bat, who are you taking in this Patriots-Browns game? So, I kind of lean to the Browns. I'm not that, you know, confident in the pick, clearly. I mean, the the reason being is, you know, that, you know they, they've been great for three quarters of in every football game. And for some reason, the fourth quarter is the moon to them. And either, you know, they, they, they don't plan, they, they don't game plan properly. Or, I, you know, there's always a back-breaking interception, interception from, you know, Jacoby Brissett. But... Um, you know, Cleveland's at home here. They're laying three points against the New England Patriots. I, I just kind of have a little bit more confidence in, in, in the Cleveland Browns here. I think if they're going to have success against the New England Patriots, it's going to have to be on that defensive line with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Uh, they both played last week. Um, they should be, uh, you know, playing this week, barring any, you know, injuries uh, popping up on the uh at, at uh, practice this week, but I think they're going to be a go again in this game. Um, the the thing here though is the Browns are bad at you know defending the run, and the one thing that New England has really been great you know pretty much since they since they founded the franchise. Let's be honest, is uh, is just running the football. So you know Ramondre Stevenson, you're going to get a heavy dose of him because Damian Harris is going to be out a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Um, and I don't think they're going to put a whole lot on Bailey Zappi's plate. I think they're just going to have him kind of manage the game like he's been doing over the last two weeks. Uh, they're just going to rely on the run and see if they can just break through that Cleveland Browns defense. But all that being said, I'm leaning the Browns in this game. Uh, but personally, I'm not betting this. Yeah, I feel you. And uh, you hit on it on the head, man. Both these teams have similar identities. Um, they run the hell out of the ball. I mean, the clock's going to be moving quickly. You're going to look down, and it's going to be 3.30, and this game's probably going to be over already, two and a half hours in. So it's going to be, uh, I'm sorry, 4.30. So what I'm trying to get at is, like, this team, this game is very interesting, and, and I'm leaning more towards taking the Patriots just because, call me crazy, Puma, but I, I like the kid, man. I like Bailey Zappi. I'm feeling it over here, you know? And a lot of it probably does come from my bias to Mac Jones. And we all know how I feel about Mac Jones. I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, I think he's a little bit of a soft pansy. On top of that, he's he's got some uh, issues, you know, keeping his composure on the field. And the one thing I really, really enjoy about Bailey Zappi, and I, and I didn't realize until I was watching him, like the guy, the guy just never seems phased. He, you know, yeah, his first you know action in the NFL was in Lambeau after Brian Hoyer got hurt. He's backed up in his end zone. People are yelling at him. You know, he just seems to always keep his cool. And even last last week when he started against the uh, the, the Lions, he, he definitely had that composure. So I like the kid. I like what he's made up of. Uh, you know, sometimes you can just tell somebody can keep their water and somebody can't. And for some reason, I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing out of Bailey Zappi. So, with that being said, I mean, I, I expect this to be a high, a really big Ramondre Stevenson game. Damian Harris is probably still hurt, so Ramondre's going to get the rock probably 30 times. We're going to probably end up starting one of the rookie running backs we drafted as well, just to give some uh, one-two punch for Ramondre, give him a couple breathers. But I'm liking the Patriots, man. I think the Patriots are going to be uh, going to win this game, man. It's going to be a little bit of a shock when we have 3-3 three and three again. 
Yeah, until they put Matt Jones back out there after he comes out of the hospital from, uh, you know, the uh, sinking of USS Yorktown that he survived based on that injury. I mean, Jay, like, you know, is, is there been any rumblings of is is Matt Jones going to be, you know, back in practice being a full participant? Are there rumblings that he's even going to play this week? Like, it seemed like last week he was trying to give it a go and and they kind of shut that down. Like, what is going on in uh, in Foxborough? Well, we'll have a really good understanding of the situation tomorrow because that's the first time we'll be able to get in, reportedly we'll be able to get in and watch practice and see just how well he was moving. My gut feeling is he probably won't be starting just because the coaching staff has confidence in Bailey Zappi right now um, just because he plays within the offense. The one thing that Mac Jones was having issues with was he's pressing too much. He was throwing too many crazy balls downfield. He felt like he had to be the man and throw 400 yards. He was really playing outside the offense. And that's something that turns off Bill Belichick and their offense, offensive staff like, like no other, right? So Bailey Zappi is playing within the offense. He's a very... Um, yes sir, no sir, like yeah, whatever you need me, I'll do, I'll do it, kind of thing, guy. And Mac Jones is becoming more of a, I hate to say it, a little bit of a whiny bitch, man. Truthfully, you know what I'm saying like mm. it, there's been rumblings of him like not being on board with the the offense, and he doesn't like the fact that the ball's been taken out of his hands, and he wants to throw up big numbers. Mac Jones seems uh, like a very um, me me kind of guy, as much as he plays the part of the team first kind of guy. I mean, but we really can't blame him from with his upbringing, right? We've talked about this many times. Puma, the guy comes from money. He's been he's been to the best high schools. Uh, he went to Alabama, right? He's got those DUIs, and his parents like you know were able to get him off of that, right? I mean, everything everything this kid has done in his life has been basically spoon fed him success. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm like so like turned off by him, just because he thinks like everything should be perfect for him and everything is gonna be handed to him. Why Bailey Zappi, the kid, you know, went to Southern was a Southern Houston Baptist or something like that, played there for a couple of years. The only reason he went to Western Kentucky is because his offensive coordinator left uh, Houston Baptist, went over Western Kentucky, and then he went with him. Threw up 62 touchdowns in a year. I just like I just like what I see out of the mental makeup from Bailey Zappi. I think the kid's a grinder, and, and I am praying more than anything he can hold on to this job, man. Like, it would be so awesome. Could you imagine if Bailey freaking Zappi dethrones McCrap Jones? Oh, God. I, w- I would fall in love with the Patriots again. Like, I- I'm just getting, like, a tingly feeling right now thinking about it, you know? <laughs> Jay, if Mike Coleman's sleeping bag had an arm that could throw the football, you'd be a fan of that thing. My God. <laughs> no, but I wasn't wow. a, but I wasn't a fan of Brian Hoyer, right? I mean I, I wasn't a fan of Cam I mean Nguyen. we know what Brian Hoyer is. I mean the red zone is the moon to that guy. I, well listen, Puma, like I wasn't a fan of, I wasn't a fan of Cam Newton. I mean I kinda knew what was gonna happen with that. Um I, I just I, I know it sounds crazy because we don't have enough evidence, Puma, but you always get this feeling all right, simple, simple example. Remember when everybody they would pan over his rookie year to Mac Jones, the sideline, and he's like breathing heavily. He's doing those deep, deep hours of breathing Yoga exercises. Breathing. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then you see uh, Bill Belichick hold his arm crying off the field, right? You yep. They pan over to Bailey Zappi at, at Lambeau over time. Everybody's yelling. The, sh- the fucking camera's shaking on his face. And the dude's a stone-cold dead face. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think there's something there. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, Puma. But I think there's something there, man. There's something there, all right? Good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> He's your Taylor Heineke. I love it. This is fantastic. I cannot tell you how excited I was down on Sunday at 1 o'clock to watch a Patriots game. 
I haven't felt that excited since the last year Brady was there. Like, I was looking forward to it. So, I'm riding the Bailey fever, the Bailey Zappy fever, a.k.a. Zappy Hour, a.k.a. Brady Zappy. And before wow. long, before long, we're going to look on that hit that Rashawn Gary put on Brian Hoyer the same way we looked at Moses' hit on Drew Bledsoe, okay? It's going to happen. Wow. It's going to happen. Wow. <laughs> if anything, you should be looking on the hit of, uh, you know, whatever caused, you know, Mac Jones to almost get his leg amputated. Um, that's that's the thing you're going to put up oh, in the Louvre. Oh, yeah. Cleus Campbell. I see. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good, Puma. Good. I try. <laughs> I try. All right. You ready to move on to your game? Um, we've yes. got the 4-1 Minnesota Vikings taking on the 3-2 and Miami Dolphins. Um, give us an update on what's happening with Tua. Is he going to be back this week? What's the deal with that? So two, I, I think two was either spotted, spotted going into the facility. You know, they, they were doing practice today, but you know they didn't have like the press there and whatnot. But there's rumblings that you know two is back in the building. He might have been doing some football related activities. He hasn't been doing football related activities since you know the the Bengals game, uh, which rightfully show so because he got concussed, but. Um, I'm hopeful he's going to be back this week. More likely than not, it's either going to be Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson out of Kansas, uh, the rookie, uh, the rookie quarterback we took in the draft this year. Um, showed flashes in preseason. I'm not going to look too much into how he performed against the Jets. Uh, I mean, he's probably had 50 snaps total uh, over the last two weeks of practice, and he was just thrown in there uh, because of Teddy Bridgewater showing you know gross motor impairment when you know you look at the video on the uh on the hit he took from the jets game that knocked him out i mean he stood up he was slow to get up he was collecting his thoughts he was conversing with the referee he gave you know thumbs up a couple of times but some spotter upstairs said nope he stumbled he's showing gross motor impairment uh that's a no-go he's uh he's out of the game when in reality, when he tested for concussion-like symptoms, he cleared that. But because he showed stumbling, that's an immediate no-go, and he's in the concussion protocol. Um, I'm hopefully he's going to be back this week, but I'm preparing my mind for the Dolphins to have Skylar Thompson in this game. With all that being said, yes, the Minnesota Vikings are 4-1, but they barely got mm-hmm. out of you know their home stadium last week against the Chicago Bears, who they can barely pass the ball. Their defense is horrid, but Chicago hung with them. And if it wasn't for, you know, uh, a wide receiver getting pickpocketed by the corner uh, to end the game, uh, you know, that, that would have been, that would have been a wrap. They were, they were storming down the field and kind of having their way with the, with the Minnesota Vikings at times. So um, I like the Dolphins in the spot. They're getting three. It's at home. We know about the Dolphins home field advantage right now, still in South Florida, um, I do think the Heat may play a, another role in this game. Um, so give me the Dolphins. I mean, they're three-point dogs at home, um, but I'm going to take them to cover the three, and I'm also bizarro enough to take them to win outright against Minnesota. I, I think Minnesota's been living on the edge for too long mm-hmm. this season, and I think it's just going to come back and bite them this week. Yeah, you're spot on right, man, because like the really only dominant performance the Vikings have had was week one against the, the Packers. 
That was a 23-7 route. But after that, I mean, they got blown out by the Eagles 24-7. Uh, they lost to the Lions. I mean, they won over the Lions, but that the Lions were leading by quite a bit in the fourth quarter. Uh, they beat the, the Saints overseas in London. Um, and like you said, the Bears, they were driving. The Bears were driving at the end of the game. Um, unfortunately, a wide receiver fumbled, and uh, that, that lost the game for, for the Bears. But... I think you're right. I think the Vikings team we wished was a little better. Yeah, they're 4-1, but it's a very fraudulent 4-1. I think there's some serious holes on that team. Now, on the other side with the Dolphins, like, you know, my whole take on Teddy Bridgewater, I don't got to rehash all that. The guy I think is complete trash. On top of that, Scott Thompson himself was the seventh-round quarterback that was thrown into the fire. And, yeah, he didn't look the best. But then again, like you said, Puma, it's his first, like, live reps in the NFL. You've got to give him, like, at least this week to get some, you know, first-team reps in practice to make a better evaluation of who he is as a quarterback. But the question I want to ask you real quick is, what's up with that Tyreek Hill injury? Because apparently he left the stadium with a walking boot. Is that correct? Yeah, it sounded like somebody stepped on his foot uh, towards the end of the game in the end zone. And, you know, honestly, Jay, by that point, they were down three scores, you know, whether or not somebody stepped on them or, you know, they just took him out of the game because it was a lost cause. You know, that's open for debate. It sounds like he's going to be a go. He's going to be listed as questionable on the injury report. But uh, I would be more surprised if he did not participate in this game on Sunday against Minnesota. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think he's going to be a go. Okay. All right. Uh, and then the last question I have, and I don't pay much attention to this game, so maybe you can fill me in. How the hell did you guys let the Jets put up 40 points? Are the Jets rounding into shape, or was this more of the Miami Dolphins defense just having a bad day? I think it was a combination of the defense having a bad day. I mean, you know, Xavier Howard's been dinged up uh, throughout the season. I have to go back. I can't even honestly remember if he played because I was just seeing red at that point, <laughs> you know, with the scoreboard. And then I was getting my teeth kicked in in fantasy. And I made the crucial mistake of getting too cute with the fantasy lineup and mm-hmm. dropped uh, Taysom Hill mm-hmm. for OJ Howard. And uh-uh. yeah, that didn't pan out. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, Xavier Howard, he's been dinged up. Byron Jones is still on, in, you know, IR. He hasn't been activated off of that yet. So it's a young secondary right now. Uh, the, the pass rush is okay. I mean, Christian Wilkins is great. Uh, but you know, there's, there's still for as much as we lauded the defense, you know, last season and going into the off season this year, they haven't really performed up to snuff. Now, maybe that changes once you get the lockdown corners back and Xavier Howard gets, you know, gets healthy. Uh, but that's been like a big problem. And honestly, like you take away the, you know, the, the little check down that, um, that Zach Wilson had to I believe it was Brees Hall mm-hmm. uh, for like 55 yards. I mean, he was only throwing, I think he only put up like about 150 yards, you know, passing in that game up until that point. So the Dolphins were hanging in there. It's just, you know, again, it came down to, you know, the third string quarterback. It, it is what it is at this point. Like the, the, the offense took a big step back, you know, Raheem Mostert looked, he looked spry. Yep, and so that looked that. like there was a rushing attack. So maybe that's something we can build off of, especially if Skylar Thompson is playing this week. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to kind of look at it as, all right, it, it is what it is. Like I'm not making excuses for the dolphins. You know, it's on the next, this is a winnable game at home against the Vikings. Okay. All right, that should be a fun game to watch. Um, let's move on to the game of the week, Puma. Something I am waiting for. The 4-1 Buffalo Bills travel to Kansas City to take on the 4-1 Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills are coming off a 38-3 drubbing of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember last week when I was like, hey, man, don't 
was shocked if the Steelers stay uh, stay in this game somehow. Remember that bullshit? I don't know. What I, was, mm-hmm. I don't know. What I was drinking either, man. And then the Raiders are coming off of a Monday Night Football win against the Raiders. Uh, I'm sorry, the Chiefs are coming off of a win against the Raiders last night. Monday Night Football, thirty to twenty nine was the final score. But listen, Puma, right off the bat, like I think I'm leaning towards the Buffalo Bills to win this game. Mostly just because, obviously, you you know my hate for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I just want somebody to dethrone them. So, I I think this is a game that is just massive for the Bills. Like, if the Chiefs lose this game, it's not that big of an issue. But if the Bills lose this game, I think it's more damaging for them psychologically because they need this game. They got to have the upper hand in the tiebreaker and the home field advantage in the playoffs because I've been hopping on this for weeks now, you've got to somehow have Kansas City come up to Buffalo. You can't go out to Kansas City in the playoffs. That's how you lose those games with 13 seconds left. So Josh Allen can, must have a big game. He can take the MVP lead here. And the Kansas City Chiefs themselves, as as great as have they as they've been, I think they've got a serious flaw here. And the fact that Nobody's been able to stop Travis Kelsey. I get that. He's, he's great. But I'm convinced if you stop Travis Kelsey, you stop the Chiefs. The Colts did a good job of limiting his, basically bracketing him, double teaming him, limiting him to making sure he doesn't go off. And whenever you do that, the Chiefs are very vulnerable. So if you are playing that defense the Raiders played last night, just letting this dude run wild, get four touchdowns on seven receptions and 25 yards, yeah, you're going to be in for a long night. But I'm, I'm convinced that offense still... Is gonna miss Travis Kelsey once you take uh, once you take. Uh, I'm sorry, it's gonna miss uh, Tyree Kill once you take Travis Kelsey out of the mix. Oh, for sure. And you know, I co-signed that. I'm I'm with you on this one. I, I got the Bills winning this game. Um, this line has been going back and forth between Bills minus two and a half to Bills minus three. And again, the Chiefs are at home. So betting purposes wise, I grabbed the Chiefs at three. I think this is gonna be a close game. Um, but I do have the Bills winning outright. And Jay, I mean, we I've been saying this since you know the we started the the podcast this season. Like this is like the Bills revenge tour. Like mm-hmm. they have taken names this season. And I you know, it, like you said, it's a psychological type of deal. You know, you have to exercise the demons, you have to move beyond what happened last year with 13 seconds left. You have to beat the Chiefs at home. You know, to quote Hulk Hogan, you can't be the man unless you beat the man. And, you know, nothing's going to matter how how they do the rest of the season because we all know the Bills are going to the playoffs mm-hmm. barring some catastrophic injury. But, you know, it's not going to matter if you have to travel to Kansas City to re, you know, to go back in the Lions den. You need to have this playoff game at home in Buffalo in the winter time. Uh, so they need to exercise, exercise the demons here. And this, this team, the Chiefs can be beat. And, and I know people are just going to say, oh, well, Devontae Adams only had four catches for like 175 yards. Okay, great. Yes, yes, he only had four catches. But he also could have had a shit ton more yardage if there wasn't a bunch of, you know, defensive passing interference calls. They were they were they were interfering with with uh, with Adams because they knew they couldn't keep up with that dude. So I think this is going to be a big game for Stephon Diggs. I think this is going to be a big game for Gabe Davis. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, he didn't play last week against the Steelers uh, because he was in concussion protocol. 
Um, but, you know, uh, Kair, uh, Khalil Shakir, I should say, he stepped up in uh, McKenzie's place. He had three catches uh, for 75 yards and, and a touchdown. So he can fill that slot receiver role if Isaiah McKenzie's not able to go. And the Chiefs, I know this was towards the end of the game. They really didn't talk about it a whole lot, but... You know, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantlin. He had a couple of he had a couple of crucial drops yesterday, and he kind of found mm-hmm. his way out of the good graces of Patrick Mahomes in that offense. And they were just giving the ball to Miko Hardman a lot, but he kind of came up lame at one point in the fourth quarter with what looked like a heel injury of some sort. I mean, he was still in the game. He missed a drive, uh, I believe, but. He still didn't have that same burst. Maybe that's something that's going to be nagging him. And again, like if you take Travis Kelsey out of this, you're down to Sky Moore, the the rookie wide receiver that they drafted, who I think has a bunch of potential. MVS, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, who's kind of underperformed since he's got he's gotten into mm-hmm. Kansas City. And now you're down to all right, um, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. All right, we know what he is, and then. You know, Jarek McKinnon, I think if this is if they fall behind like they did last night, you're going to see a heavy Jarek McKinnon game, the, the pass-catching running back, who's got some pop. I mean, he wasn't a slouch when he was with Minnesota, and he got a big contract when he went to San Francisco before, you know, he blew his knee out. He just wasn't able to get any traction up there. But I got the Bills winning here, but they're going to have to take Kelsey out. They, you know, Mahomes is going to have to find someone else to, to beat the Bills with. Spot on. And like, obviously, Von Miller's going to have to have a big game. Last night, both, um, you know, Channel Jones and Mass Crosby were eating, basically getting after uh, Patrick Mahomes for the first half. But then, second half, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a schematic change on the protection from the Chiefs' sides, did the, the Raiders' defensive line run out of gas, but they were nowhere to be found. And you can't have that. Von Miller's got to put pressure on him for four quarters straight. Now, the other thing is, and, and this is something we talk about every week, and I don't know when it's going to be fixed. Maybe it won't be fixed, but. You cannot have Josh Allen be tied for rushing yards as well with Devin Singletary on and be like one of the the lead rushers for the team on a week to week basis. Like you're gonna obviously I get it, he's big, he's a big dude, he takes he takes a lot of punishment, but it's not sustainable in my opinion for winning games in the long run. And you've got to find some sort of rushing attack to complement the rest of that team. Now that team staffed top to bottom Puma is stacked, whether it's wide receivers, tight ends, I mean obviously Josh on the quarterback, offensive line is playing well, defense is playing well, but that rushing attack is still lacking and that's gonna be the Achilles heel if they don't fix that anytime soon. Well, you know, we, we didn't really touch on this off the top, but, you know, there's a, a certain team mm-hmm. that just fired a head coach uh, in Matt Rule, and that would be the Carolina Panthers. Let's go run and, CMC. And the Bills were one of the first teams to make a call about Christian McCaffrey. Now, I know Dave Tepper is trying to be the NFL version of, uh, of oh, God, the uh, of Ted Turner, the former owner of the Atlanta Braves, who was trying to win now and everything, and I think at one point was the manager of the Atlanta Braves when he first bought the team. But reality is going to have to set in with Dave Tepper. You're not going to win with this roster. P.J. Walker is is not going to resurrect this team and have a playoff run in the NFC South. You might as well strip it down to the studs and get some draft picks, especially since you've mortgaged draft picks the last three years in the draft and you don't have a third or fourth round pick for the you know next season i believe why not flip 
Christian McCaffrey to get a haul of draft picks. It's not like you're going to have to eat a whole lot of his contract because he's not in a contract year. I think the cap hit is, I think it's like less than 20 million. I have to go back and look, but the cap hit is more palatable with Christian McCaffrey if you were able to move off of him. Could you imagine? So, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say you you were you were going right where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Imagine you drop Christian McCaffrey. I know injury history and whatnot, but at least you know maybe we can get back into you know using CMC the way he was used when he was first drafted out of Stanford, which I believe uh, the offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey was on the Panthers staff at one point during CMC's ascendance. You get him in space. Mm-hmm. You get him in the passing game. And you can have him be the the outlet to Josh Allen. And, you know, maybe Josh Allen won't be leading the team in rushing anymore. Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, Run CMC, Josh Allen, and that running attack, bro. Oh, imagine that coming at you with Gabe Davis Mm -hmm. and Stephon Diggs deep. Oh, Super Bowl, call it. Super Bowl right now. Yep. I say, you know, go all in. I mean, we we've seen what we've seen what the what the Rams did. Let I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen what the Rams have done since Les Snead has been a general manager there. It's just, you know, damn the torpedoes, like mortgage your draft capital. It's not going to nobody's going to care if you win a championship, right? Like if they if the Rams lost last year to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, hindsight's always going to be 2020. You're always going to have someone say something about draft picks, but at this point, like, you have a team built to win now. Like, you might as well go all in. Yeah, basically pull the less need. F them picks. F them picks. All right, final game, uh, Sunday night football. It should be a good one. By the way, why isn't the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football? Like, I, it's got to be a contractual thing. That's the That's the only thing that doesn't – I was wondering the same thing today. I know. I think we're at the point where games can be flexed. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the Chief, the the Bills Chiefs weren't flexed in this spot, but it's got to be like an NFL. There has to be like some contractual thing. That's the only thing I could think of. All right, let's do the uh, the preview for the four and one Dallas Cowboys taking on the five and zero Philadelphia Eagles Puma. And I, right off the bat, man, I think I'm finally buying into the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I was a little hesitant just because I think, you know, yeah, they're doing well, but I just want to see some more out of them. But watching them just absolutely beat up the Arizona Cardinals for four quarters, I was impressed, man. And and they're strong in all the right areas. The team is built correctly from building from the inside out. The defensive line is stout. The offensive line is stout. They they just basically maul people. They, they basically beat them up. And usually in the NFL, if, if you can obviously provide that sort of level of physical uh, toughness in the trenches you'll be in a lot of games if not winning a lot of those games now i'm not saying they're gonna make the super bowl because making the super bowl is all gonna hinge on just how much of a uh, of a passer jillian hurst has developed into yeah he's a great you know basically running quarterback right now and occasionally he'll throw those deep bombs but if he's got to be more consistent across the board, I think they can make a deep uh, Super Bowl run. On the other end, the Cooper Rush era is still going on. He's 5-0. and That Dallas D is absolutely insane. I mean, it's either the Dallas D or the San Francisco D that is uh, the best in the NFL. And the funny thing is, man, the 49ers defense has a lot of, like, stars on it. But, like, the Dallas D, it's really just, what, Micah Parsons and who? Like, Trevon Diggs getting beat left and right. And I mean, obviously, yeah, he's very... He gambles quite a bit and he can make some plays, but then he also gets beat a lot as well. Like, 
it's a very like stout team defense. They all play in unison. So a lot of hats off to Dan Quinn. And obviously we love beating him up, beating up on Mike McCarthy, but we got to give him some love here as well. Getting this team to four and one with, with a backup quarterback and Cooper Rush. So those guys are coming off of a big win against the Rams. If I had to guess right now, I'm leaning more towards the Philadelphia Eagles winning this game just because it's going to be at home in Philadelphia. That crowd's going to be into a center of football. I think it might be a big spot for, for Cooper Rush to, to overcome. I mean, now I personally would love if somehow Cooper Rush pulls it off and he's 6-0. and um, That would put some more pressure on Dak Prescott, who, by the way, is already chirping. You saw those comments he made a couple of nights ago about how, you know, we all know how explosive his offense can be uh, once everybody's healthy, alluding to himself being healthy. I'm thinking to myself, bro, like, you put I mean, three he ain't points. wrong. Yeah, but then again, he put up three points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before he got hurt. So, like, uh... Yeah, Cooper Rush threw for 75 yards last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's not like Joe Namath came out, you know, I, or Joe Montana, rather, no, came off I, the bench. I get it, Puma, but there, there's something to be said about playing within the offense. And we're seeing this in New England where, like, Bailey Zaddy plays within the offense where Mac Jones is pressing the ball. And I do believe at times Dak Prescott does press. I mean, he's got to live up to that Dallas Cowboy quarterback, like, you know, Allure, the 12 national commercials. He's got to air it out. He's got to put up those numbers. So I, I think there's something to be said about Cooper Rush just playing within the system and seeing, how, and seeing what happens. Yeah, I, I'm going. I, I, I've learned my lesson too many times at this point to now have like my doctorate in not trusting the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> betting wise or anything in prime time. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles here. The lines actually come down. It's now at four and a half. I believe it was at like five, five and a half at certain books uh, earlier today. But I'm going to go with the Eagles. I mean, like, like you said, Jalen Hurts is just, you know, kind of playing out of his mind right now. The Eagles have to be the, you know, in my opinion, the best team in the NFC at this point. Um, you know, good luck having a playoff game go through uh, Lincoln Financial Field if they have the number one seed. But, I mean, everything everything's coming up aces for this team. I mean, Devonta Smith has looked fantastic at stretches. Um, you know, the defense has been really great. Uh, Darius Slay is kind of like, you know, turned the clock back to vintage Slay when he was in Detroit just wasting away. Um, and... Everything for the Cowboys has been great, but they've been relying on, you know, on their defense for the majority of this stretch. And, you know, last week we saw what the Cowboys did against a putrid offensive line that the Rams have. And they pretty much took Cooper Cup out of the game and made Matthew Stafford try to beat them with Tyler Higby and a, a couple of other assorted characters. And they, and they couldn't do it. And, you know... Cooper Rush only threw for 73 yards, and I think the one touchdown was like uh, it was like a little a check down to Tony Pollard, right? Or it was a Tony Pollard run out of the backfield. Uh -huh. So they did enough to win. Uh, I'm not going to like you know just start calling for a quarterback controversy in Dallas. And honestly, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to let that happen with how much he's been paying Dak Prescott. And it's it's Jerry Jones. Like you, we all know, Jerry's going to get in the way of his own success. So I think Dak's probably going to be back next week. But this week here, on the road, prime time against a hot Eagles team, I think the Eagles go 6-0. and uh, You know, fly, Eagles, fly. All right. Cool, cool. Sounds good, man. Um, I don't have anything else in regards to previewing. You want to get to your um, best, bets of, best bets of the weekend? Yeah, I'll get, to, I'll get to that in a sec. I just want to pick your brain. Sure. So. We, we all know about the, the, the firing in Carolina and, you know, Steve Wilkes is going to be the interim head coach and we're going to P.J. Walker as quarterback because Baker Mayfield has a high ankle sprain. And honestly, things can't be any worse for the Carolina Panthers at this point. 
But Jay, like, do you have any like potential leaders in the clubhouse for like who may actually want this job? Like, are the, is Tepper gonna have to go to the college ranks? Is he gonna pluck? Is he gonna try to pluck Kellen Moore uh, from Dallas to be the head coach of the Panthers? Like, do, do you have any gut calls at this point? Sean Payton. And I know it's going to be a lot to get his rights out of New Orleans. And I'm sure those guys don't want to see Sean Payton in the division again. But if I'm Tepper and I'm looking around, I'm not hiring another um, another like young-ish coach with, without any prior NFL head coaching experience. I don't want Kellen Moore. I don't want another... Like, who are you going to hire from the, from the college ranks? Like, I just... For me, it screams that that organization needs a strong leader like Sean Payton. And I think it will come at a price for Tepper. But then again, he's got some deep pockets. Up until recently, he was the wealthiest owner until the Walton family got in. So he could probably pay that um, that price tag for Sean Payne. But I can't think of anything else besides him that'd be a great pick, right? Right. I mean, I think it's it's either going to be it's going to have to be either Sean Payton, you know, or bust. Or I mean, the name that's been floated around for the last. Five coaching cycles has been it was it's Matt Campbell out of Iowa State, Dude, right? That, but, that guy every year his name comes up, and I know you're just getting to college football now, but Puma, like I, I don't understand it. I don't understand where this buzz came from. Matt Campbell, he's not that good of a recruiter. He's not that good of an ex as an old guy. Iowa State's not like any sort of like Boise State program that came out of nowhere and is like running with the big dogs. I mean, like, does he have some powerful friends that we don't know about that are pushing his narrative? But I was gonna year, say like. Every year, you tell name. me, like, did he resurrect uh, Iowa State? Uh, uh, he's probably got some pictures. No he, no, he didn't. Iowa State's a dumpster program. Like, yeah, they'll have like ten wins, you know, every other year. But it's not like pretending like they're like, you know, like Cincinnati that that made the playoffs last year. No, they're not. They're nothing special, man. If anything, mm. why don't you go after Luke Fickle, who at Cincinnati took Cincinnati, who was a, not a good program, to the playoffs last year? And sure, they've got their ass handed to him by by Alabama, but why wouldn't you go after somebody like that over over what's his freaking face, uh, Campbell? Right. My you know opposing view to the Peyton hire would be: Does Sean Peyton really want to go? No, into a situation not. where the quarterback has not been resolved. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, you know, it's one thing where, you know, earlier when he first got the gig in New Orleans, right? Like the, the word on the street was Drew Brees was done with his shoulder injury. Uh, and it was right after Katrina and, and whatnot. So that's like a whole different situation. That was his first bite at the apple as a head coach. Now, like, you know, you're Super Bowl champion, you're one of the greatest coaches in, the, in NFL history. And you have an owner that's trying to be like Ted Turner unless like Tepper is going to just give him the keys to the Ferrari and be like, listen, I'll pull a Mark Davis and I'll just sit and stay out of the way. And maybe we'll have a sit down dinner if things aren't going well. Uh, But other than that, I'm staying out of your way. I don't see him taking this job. Yeah, and like let's let's brainstorm. Who else is there in the NFL ranks that could potentially take this job? Right, what D'Amico Ryan out of uh, the 49ers, Right, it's probably gonna have to be one of these guys that you know is just hungry for a first head, first time head coaching job. Um, who else is there? Uh, Gerard May with the Patriots. He he made some interviews. He, he took some interviews last year. Um, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, of course. Yeah, his name is gonna come up. Um, who else? Who else? Well, Leslie Frazier up in Buffalo. I mean, he mm-hmm. could be a potential candidate where he had some prior head coaching experience. So, 
I mean, there's these guys that are gonna, he's gonna have to go do some digging and pluck somebody. But if I'm him, I'm swinging big, man. I'm swinging big and seeing if, if Sean Payne can, you can throw enough money at him to come out of retirement. Um, now, the one thing I'm hoping for personally as a, as a selfish Chargers fan with Brandon Staley almost spin the bit again in Cleveland. Did you by any chance get to see what he did in Cleveland late? I saw what he did on Twitter. Unbelievable. <laughs> I saw what he did through Twitter, I should say. Unbelievable. And I, and I think Puma, the writing's on the wall for him because did you see how Keenan Allen went out and tweeted some stuff during the game about how, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. And it's not one of those things where Keenan Allen went out there and defied his head coach and then deleted that tweet. He left it up. like. And, and for me, that speaks to volumes about how how they view Brandon Stilley in the locker room. I feel like right. Keenan Allen is just that leader putting it out there from what the sentiment is inside. So selfishly, I would love nothing more than to see Brandon Stilley, that clown of a head coach, be fired and, yeah. and Sean Payton taking that job. I was just going to say, so like for those that didn't see it, like what happened that so, caused Keenan Allen to put this out? So it's late in the game. The the Chargers are up 30-28, to 28, right? Uh, it's fourth and one on your side of the field at your 40-yard line, and you still go for it instead of kicking it away and making Jacoby Bursette drive the length of the field for a field goal to win. Um, there's only like, I think, a minute and a half left. So he decides to go for it. Obviously, they fail, and they give the ball right back to the Browns at the 40-yard line in field goal range already to win the game. Luckily, the kicker missed the field goal, but could you imagine if if he did make that field goal? Oh, my God. I oh, man. I would have fired him He'd on the spot. On the spot. Unbelievable. The guy is a complete idiot. Like, like I get it. Analytics is the new wave, and I'm not some old-school guy saying, you know, hey, we got to hold on to the, the olden way of playing football. I get it. It's right, the but there's wave, a time and a place, but right? you've got to understand the situation, man. The, I, I would much rather go with... Jacoby Brissett going the length of the field and turning the ball over right there and letting those guys kick a field goal at that spot. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. Uh, well, to lead to the best bet segment, on that list is the Broncos Chargers. Yeah, let's go! By the way, now, is, honestly, is, is, is Russell Wilson going to play or not? Yeah, that's the expectation after, you know, he's been bad, you know, since the start of the season. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the PR is coming mm-hmm. out that, oh, he's got like a partially torn lat muscle and he's taking platelet rich plasma to you know to speed up the uh the, the recovery process because he's got to be mr unlimited a mr unlimited mr. well unlimited your unlimited right ass has done absolutely nothing um but one of my best bets this week is the under in the broncos chargers game this week uh if you grab the line right now it's at 45 and a half. I would suggest if you're going to play the under, you want to get this before it drops down to 45 because we still have that hook with the half a point. But, you know, for everything that we saw, I mean, we, you know, the Javante Williams is done for the year with the, the Denver Broncos because of an ACL uh, tear. Uh, Garrett Bowles, one of the, one of the, premier uh, offensive lineman in the NFL uh, protecting uh, Russell's blind side. Uh, he's done for the year with the torn ACL. And there's a couple other in- injuries along the line. And not to mention, you know, Russ does not have any rapport with any receiver in this offense short of Cortland Sutton at this point. And, you know, just to everything you just said about Brandon Staley and, you know, the offensive line for the Chargers, you know, we, we've hit on that the last couple of weeks with the Rashawn Slater injury um, and the the 
the defensive line for the, for the Chargers. They can be had a little bit on the ground, so I think this is going to be a heavy running game here. Um, I don't think the Chargers are going to be able to you know replicate the rushing attack that they had this week uh, against the Browns because the Denver Broncos, surprising enough, have been you know pretty decent on defense, even though they've been down a couple of pieces on the defensive line. I think Justin Simmons is going to be activated off of injured reserve, uh, so there's a chance he might make this game. But I'm taking the under of 45 and a half in uh, in prime time. Another prime time game Jesus. with the Denver Broncos. I think that what what is it? It's like four or five times three in a six or four already. Span. Yeah, they really a front lord of their their schedule, huh? Yeah. Um, and then the other bets I got, I got the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I got them at plus two and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, depending on what book you use, you can probably get them at three. All these odds are coming at you, uh, and these lines are coming from. DraftKings Sportsbook, the unofficial official sportsbook of the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Geno Smith has been unbelievable this year. I did not have it on the bingo card. He was going to be the best quarterback in the NFC and the NFC West at this point. They have one of the best offenses in the league. The caveat is they have one of the worst defenses in the league. But the Cardinals... They've really underperformed uh, up until this point in the season. Uh, James Conner might miss this game with an injury. They might be down to their third string running back at this point because Darrell Williams might miss this game with an injury. Um, I believe DeAndre Hopkins is eligible to come back Ooh, this week, Jay, or does he have, or is he missing right? this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he misses this week. I think he misses this week, so he'll be back next week. So it's still going to be Marquise Brown. Hollywood Brown as the wide receiver one, but I like the Seahawks in the spot. It's at home. I don't think the Cardinals should be favored on the road going up to Seattle with the 12s. I'm taking the two and a half points for the Seahawks, uh, rounding out the the best bets here. Uh, I I'm living in bizarre world. I went with the Carolina Panthers plus ten and a half against. The, uh, the L.A. Rams. The Rams have done nothing on offense. They they didn't even score 12 points last week against the Dallas Cowboys. Their offensive line is bad. Uh, they they don't have a passing attack outside of Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson has been a massive disappointment this year, massive uh, bust of a free agent signing. Uh, and the Panthers' defense is, uh, is pretty decent, especially on the defensive line. So I think they'll be able to get back there, make life uncomfortable for um for Matthew Stafford uh maybe get a sack or two he's always uh you know death taxes interception uh in a game for Matthew Stafford so I think he's gonna throw a pick make might be a pick six PJ Walker I mean again it can't be any worse than what they were rolling out there with Baker Mayfield oh no no no, no. PJ Walker's pretty bad bro uh and, and honestly though it can't be any worse than what Baker Mayfield was doing. I mean, at least P.J. Walker can move around the pocket and, you know, maybe break out a run or two. And he actually has a rapport with D.J. Moore. So maybe we'll get the resurrection of D.J. Moore this year from, you know, real-life football and fantasy football. Uh, but I don't think it could get, could get any worse than what they were rolling out there. So give me the 10.5 points for the Carolina Panthers. Miami Dolphins plus three. Uh, I'm taking this. I'm hopeful that Teddy Bridgewater is able to come back because if Teddy comes back, um, I think this line drops from, you know, Dolphins plus three to Dolphins plus one. I think it's going to be that big of a drop. I think this line has Skylar Thompson built into it. Um, So I'm hopeful Bridgewater or Tua for that fact will be able to play this week. So that's why I grabbed the Dolphins at plus three. And then the last one, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, 
plus three at home against Air in, in Arrowhead. Surprise! You the took Buffalo the Chiefs. See, here's the thing though: for betting purposes, like if it was Bills minus two and a half, I'm like, okay, again, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's probably going to be within you know one or two points. I'll take the risk and I'll go, you know, hey, Bills have to win by a field goal. But like once they hit three, it's like, all right, I'm taking the Chiefs here, like a three point dog at home. I think again might end with you know within one or two points of each other. I'll gladly take the three points here. Okay, two quick points before we wrap up. First one being, I'm all about podcast uh, integrity, right? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I I have some takes that might be outlandish, but I always do give kudos or admit when I'm wrong, right? So I'll be the first one to admit. I think the Seahawks knew what was happening with Russell Wilson, and Geno Smith is balling out of control. Who the hell mm-hmm. thought Geno Smith would be playing better than Russell Wilson at this time and point? When we didn't even know if Geno Smith or Drew Locke was going to be starting. We're like, oh, is it a quarterback competition? Is Drew Locke going to play? What's going to happen here, right? Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to go up to, 40, uh, up to uh, Seattle and all, all that BS? So... Congrats to Geno Smith. Um, you know, glad he's, he's playing well. But I still contend eventually he'll turn back into a pumpkin, all right? I've seen enough of Geno Smith over the years to realize this isn't sustainable, okay? And if he is, I'll, I'll come on here again, and I'll be, I'll be wrong once again. Other thing, I'm so glad the Baker Mayfield career is about to end. <laughs> Baker Mayfield <laughs> I I am so glad. That cocky son of a bitch... You cannot understand the rage I felt that night in Ohio Stadium when I went to that Ohio State-Oklahoma game and I saw this prick plant the flag, the OU flag in the middle of of the uh, of the horseshoe. Uh, ever since then, I've had it out for him and I've been counting on days to see his pathetic career end. And I'm glad it's ending now. So uh, congratulations, Baker. You're going to be a backup for the rest of your career. And uh, that's what you get for being a prick. That's what you I should you know, I've never been that mad in my whole life. Like, I, I legitimately was lucky my friend was able to hold me back because I was considering going on the field to tackle this piece of crap. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, I can't think of a better way to end the pod, Jay, than on that note, unless you got anything else you want to fire across the bow. Doesn't it suck to be average, Baker? It <laughs> <laughs> suck to be. <laughs> on that note, Baker ain't dangerous anymore. Um, this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the podcast can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, if you're watching or listening on YouTube, be sure to hit the little bell button to subscribe. You'll get notified when our latest videos are back up in the feed for you. Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well, too. Uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. The captain of the ship, Jay Chima, is at Jay Chima. Hit us up. You know, happy to talk fantasy, happy to talk, you know, real-life football, hot takes, gambling. Let's go. The, all the DMs are open on all social media platforms. And uh, real quick, before we before we leave, I've been neglecting on this, Jay, so take the headphones off real oh, quick. Oh, God. Go ahead. Freddy Soliotis, you're fired! And my eardrums are blown out. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Vicondios. Bye.